Hello and welcome to Fringe Binge, Daily Doses from the Edinburgh Festival. I'm your host Phil Ellis and it's episode 15. Quick Edinburgh update, the audiences are picking up, apparently, that's what I've heard. Uh, not in my room, but other people's are, are filling out quite nicely, so good news for them. Today on the show we talk to the incredible Tiff Stevenson, actress, writer and comedian. We talked to Tiff about her first Edinburgh appearance in 2006 when she was part of a play that was directed by Stuart Lee and performed in Upside Down Cow. We talk about her transition from actress to comedian, her career so far and the ups and downs of working on the circuit and in Edinburgh. I think you'll really enjoy this chat with Tiff. Not only is she very, very funny, her insights and thoughts on certain areas of comedy and the festival I think are really interesting and uh, give you pause for thought. Enjoy the show. Sorry, um, would you go for me, please? Yeah, I have this sound. That is sound. Oh. Am I good? Yes, that's good. I'm good, okay. That's better, it was being a bit I do uh, a bit project awkward. quite a bit. So. <clears throat> it's great projection. It's just what we need. I, I realise how much I mumble. Oh, really? Yeah, because I forget, I've got the headphones in here. So in my head, I'm going, wow, I sound very clear. But <laughs> I'm actually going... <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I'm joined by the wonderful Tiff Stevenson. Hello. Hello, thanks for coming, pal. Uh, you're welcome. We're outside. Yeah, we're sound, outside, but in the smoking. So <laughs> yeah, cigarette butts <laughs> everywhere in the smoking area because um, you're hot, and I'm Thank possibly you. perimenopausal. Yes, <laughs> so. uh, that's why I like to strike whilst the iron's hot. Really, <laughs> <Yeah>. my <laughs> 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 I like to get you when you're rushing, sweaty, <laughs> and just starting. So let's. Uh, <laughs> how is how are you? Uh, how are you feeling this fringe so far, health wise? I mean, you're looking very well. Thank you very much. Um, I've tried to mentally keep myself in a good place by not really reading reviews and not talking to anyone about theirs. Although people keep trying to talk to me about theirs and I'm like, mm. I will just get upset for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and annoyed. <laughs> and that's the same as getting upset and annoyed for myself. So we just, I really, I'm really trying to go out and do the best show in front of the audience that I have night to night and try and really connect with these people who've spent money on me because it's, you know, mm. it's been a difficult two years. We didn't even know if this was going to happen again. So I'm just trying to do that real back to basics thing of like doing a really funny show mm. hopefully talking about some stuff that is important that you might pick up in the show but otherwise making them laugh and not getting involved with too many late night drunken conversations about who's got how many stars in whatever and mm. who's going to get nominated for an award and all i've done enough of these you know like i'm already yeah. seeing you know debut people and and like tiktokers around town having breakdowns so i'm just trying to not yeah, I'm trying to be level-headed. Yeah, but I do you find this now because I I remember when I first came up and um, I'm in this I'm a stalwart now, but uh, back in my day, you know, how many Edinburgh shows have you done now? Done um, well, I started coming in 2006 and I did a play. That was the first thing I did up here, and then I did spots about town. I did my first solo show in 2009. Yes, you did. I've got it all. Done. So it yeah, along came a spider. Uh, yes, along came a spider, yeah. and um, so I think this is my tenth hour show. Wow. Yeah. And do you find this year, as you're saying, I, I'm finding it quite relaxed, not getting wrapped up in all of that. I'm not worried about reviews. I've, I know I've done, well, obviously I want people to enjoy the show to be good, but I'm not, that's, I'm not checking I know there's nice ones. Yeah, I'm not yeah. looking at any of that. I get, sometimes I get tagged in them and I'll share them. You know, I know there's nice ones that got up on my poster, so I know there's a few mm. in the bag. I don't know if there's other ones out there that are, you know, so I just, I don't want, and I'm not reading them. So hmm. if I think it will help sell tickets, I'm like, have a look at this. I'm not, but if you're interested in reviews, then it might 
sway you towards the show. But your, so your first, um, because you, you started off as an actor, yeah. uh, and, and like you said, 2006, you came up with a, an Ed show. Uh, what was the show? What was the play? It was a play. It was yeah. talk radio, and Stuart right. Lee was directing it, and it was in the um, Udderbelly. It was the first year of that being here. Right. The Udderbelly arriving, the big upside-down purple cow. Oh, was it? So it was in the, the big Stowe cow, Square, that, yeah. was it? Yeah. What was that? I've never performed there. I found it really intimidating when I go in there, and even if I'm watching someone I know, yeah, I just hope to God it fills up because I feel re- I'm just there going. If I was there and backstage, going, please get more. In, yes, you know, yeah. You see the size of it. You forget. It's how big a it is. Ve- yeah. It's a big venue. I think, I think for stand up, it's great. I think for aerial and circus and all that kind of thing, it's got those. It's got that big high tented, so it's good for that. Mm. I would say for a play, it's not ideal no. because even though the seats are raked and stuff, there's so much noise spill. So I would do my monologue. I had this very poignant monologue in the middle of the play. Right. And it would always time with a samba band going <laughs> in Bristow Square. So I'm trying to do, you know, keep my American accent, do this very <laughs> deep revealing piece of theatre with you know, like that kind of not a samba mariachi band mari yeah anyway but it was yes it was um it was there's no ideal venue is there really in Edinburgh without a no- I mean I'm sure there's better ones but it's the, the part no- of the fun I suppose of it but yeah, it is yeah. it is it's a steep learning curve isn't it, mm, it I is. had a um I was in the um sportsman in the gilded balloon one year but depending on who's up on, I don't know if it's the balcony next door. Yeah. The, the walls are very thin. And I think I had Mickey Bartlett and he's quite right, sort yeah. of got quite a big presence and is quite, yeah. you know, I can hear him coming through the walls. So I was having to go, <laughs> you know. I think Mick Ferry was in there once and he had the Chippendales next door. <laughs> <laughs> so he'd be doing his show and just all these women going, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just sort of have to work it in, don't you? You have to kind of say... Yeah, um, yeah. Work around it. Make it, yeah, make it part of your show. Your show's called Sexy Brain. It's on yeah. the Pleasance, the Pleasance above. Yes. At eight p.m. Yes. Makes you have done all the research. Tim. You've I done it. You've it might got be a Mickey it. Mouse you operation. <laughs> 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 I'm looking at that piece of A4, and I'm like, he has. I know, but what you know what's really good as well is that no one can read my handwriting, <laughs> so <laughs> you don't know what to go. <laughs> try and have a look. And it go, looks like journalistic. Look. Is it shorthand? You know, the right when journalists no. write in that weird. <laughs> it's a really bad handwriting. This <laughs> is someone who, who just has not doesn't write as often as he should. <laughs> it's I like a prescription. Yeah, that's this got is doctor's like handwriting <laughs> all over it. My writing is always like it's the first day of school after the uh, summer holidays. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. But um, so is this the first time at, at uh, the Pleasance? But you've been no, you've been at the Pleasance a few times. Um, no, we did Old Rope at the Pleasance right a okay. few years back in the Baby Grand, and that was a good time. This is my first time doing a solo show at the Pleasance. I think I've been to a few venues. I've been over town. You know, the festival is now this huge thing, and I, d- you know, it's got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I don't. I was talking about this the other day, and I love Edinburgh itself, but I was like, I wonder if this fringe festival should be sort of like. Um, bit like the olympics mm. where you you know move it every two years or something yeah, to yeah, a different city quite. and people people pitch for it you know yeah yeah <laughs> well that um, would be it would stop the landlords in edinburgh just relying on this well that's where this has got to the i mean i'm staying out in leith shores and I, I was so lucky i got some like friends of my you know my sister-in-law her her one of her best pals has got a place out there and um I, you know, literally a month before coming up, I didn't have anywhere. And I was mm. seeing stuff like seven grand for a one bedroom in the, you know, That's and I was insane. like, this is, 
madness. I'm not, you know, I can't do this. So there's a house in the north. <laughs> it's by my family home. It's it's insane. So mm. so part of me thinks that there has to be some kind of curtailing of it there because also as well, it doesn't work without all of us, without all of the acts. And I think the big venues they rent off the university and everything else. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, someone somewhere is making a lot of money and some other people were taking, bearing the brunt of that. Also, it just does make it unplayable if you're working class. And I think that's a really, you know, we've got to be really careful about the diversity of voices <laughs> because mm. otherwise it just becomes this thing where you, you're like footlights and that's great, good for you. Mm. But, you know, we, the perspectives that we're telling we're not we're not getting those because i if i was starting out now there's no way i could afford to do it yeah. i think i still got in when i did my first one in 2009 and i did a deal with karen direct and i think she let me they like took the money out of the box office i don't know if i had to pay her up front like i managed to do it and i had no idea really about newcomer or any of that sort of thing mm. so i managed to do like you know put some money on my credit card and do all of that but if i was starting out now I just, I don't know that I could afford to, to get you go. You just got to plow 10 grand into it. And that's what it costs. Yeah. I, I, it took me years to pay off that first Edinburgh. Whenever I was like, you've got to do this. But of course, that was at the point when an agent goes, we'll pay it up front. Yeah. You go, you've got to pay it back. Even if you're doing free fringe, you've still got that, you know, fringe entry. You've got accommodation. You've got mm. to eat for the month. You've got to get your flyers printed. You've got to hire flyers. Or if you're doing it yourself, you know, your posters and everything else. And it is, it is sick. You know, there's no way you're going to spend less than, let's say, six or seven yeah. at a conservative before you've done a performance. Mm. Who has that? Who has that kicking around? Exactly. You, you know. Oxbridge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't like to get too much of a chip on my shoulder. But <laughs> I'm I've got a baked potato. Yeah, I'm glad you fucking brought it. I was sat with someone that, um, I won't say, but a, a big TV channel. And uh, they were saying about how diverse the lineups were and how great it was on the panel shows and things. And I went, oh, that's great. I went, so who have you got on? And they named four or five people this week. Went, For example, this. And I went, yeah. So you know they all went to Oxford and Cambridge, Cambridge, every single person. I went, you may have on the surface, it looks very diverse, but actually there's no working class voice yeah. in that, on that show. And then, yes. then they went quiet and... Um, Never work with them again, but but the point is, <laughs> <laughs> you've got to know when to shut up. That's what, that's what I mean. Know when to know your place. Working class people, stop questioning the patriarchy. <laughs> It'll get you nowhere. Okay. Um, but, no, but I do, but I do, and I do think it has got better in terms of you know gender split. Obviously, there's way more women here now, so that's changed, mm. and there's way more representation in the actual awards and stuff itself, and across the shows. You know, so people like. Sindhu V and London Hughes and stuff like that coming through in the last few years and that, yeah. that's exciting to see you know but I do think yeah I think the class thing is still it's just still there I'm like going Russell Kane yeah, yeah. you know and I think the year that actually it was a pretty big deal because there was that year that Roisin was I think nominated for newcomer and then or one newcomer and then I think Russell Kane maybe won the main award that year yeah, or yeah. something you know like so it felt like a bit more like you know there were a few more people I can't really join in because my award was won by a shed the following year. <laughs> and the year before I won it, everyone won spirit, it. <laughs> a spirit of the fringe. Yeah, that like, panel prize where they go, what the hell do we give these weirdos? I'll oh, just give them that one. And then the next year they went, let's give it to a shed for the blunderbuss shed. <laughs> and, then, and then the year after that, no one won it. They went, yeah, we'll do it this year. <laughs> That's mad, isn't it? Do you know what I always think that they should do that they've never done? Just my hot take, my hot opinion. Mm. 
And I mean, you never really know because then I've heard different things of like, there is no long list. There is a list. There is a long list. There is a, mm. there was one year that I didn't, I only realized afterwards, I was up at the stand actually doing my dictator show mm. that my audience had been made. It was such a small little room. It was like a 40 or fi- that 40 seat room at the stand. And that half of it had just been judges. So it was like the right, final yeah. weekend or whatever before. And then, and I didn't know till someone, a journalist came up to me in the loft bar and went, oh, there was a row about your show and someone else's show, you know, um, and I really liked your show. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, and they were like, because you were, they all came in, so you were on the long list. But what would be great is if rather than just announcing those sort of five names, there obviously is a long list because then there's a process where everyone goes out to see these ones and these ones. Yeah. If they announce like those 50... 50 odd shows or 20 odd shows or whatever it is to kind of go these are the ones that we're looking at and then we'll announce the shortlist yeah you know because then actually what you're doing is kind of giving a commendation to like loads of shows yeah of course yeah that are like that you think are brilliant enough that they deserved repeat you know after us saying awards don't matter and whatever else but you know, yeah yeah but, but it helps you it does it would, help you. it would be it would yeah. be good to kind of go here's a list of 30 shows that mm. we are considering now yeah. For these awards, and then we'll give you in a couple of days. We'll give you the shortlist, yeah. the nominees. Yeah, you know, I think so. It's and and I, I think people would find that massively, massively useful. I think so, because there is a lot. Because in 2018, I had them in. I didn't know I was doing my own PR. I only found out because I did my own press, but right. I was really bad at it, so I didn't know. So on the day before the awards, I had five comps in, but I assumed. Because I was like, they're not going to bother with me anymore. Because I've already done, the, I've already won the Shed Award, and um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this show started the Shed me. Prize, the Shed Prize, the well coveted Shed Prize, the Ron Seal Award, <laughs> and, uh, and and then it was just. So I thought they were all the publications that I was like, well, I've had all the big ones in. So I'm like, who are these? So I went around the audience, throwing the notepads at the back, thinking that was funny. Not in, but you know, yeah, joking, yeah. And, oh, really, I really value your opinion. I went, there you go. There's your review, and put. I think I took my pants and went back, took my pants and <laughs> put them on the head. <laughs> and it was only when I came off, my, my friend Fraser, a, um, a writer, went, yeah, he said, you know, that was the panel. He said, that you put your head on the head of Channel 4 comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I went, oh, for fuck's <laughs> And it was like the worst show. <laughs> my mum and dad were in, and I went, oh, I said, it was good. My mum and dad are in today, and this is awful. I went, it was good yesterday, wasn't it? And my dad just went, you can always come home, son. <laughs> <laughs> so suffice uh, to say See that. where you get it from. <laughs> yeah, I didn't make it past that. So I know what you mean. It would, there is a thing that then I walk around going, well, you know, uh, I'm thinking, you go, but you need... But if they were to say, I'll just say no, then it would give... Well, I don't think for me, but like you say, it would give one... Well, you go, boost. is it worth me coming back next year? Like, yeah. am I going in the right direction? Am I even... Does anyone even care? Yeah, yeah. You know, like... Yeah, and, should and I focus on this aspect? Like, just go for put my audience? Or do you think that I could appeal to a wide... You know, like, yeah. yeah. I, think, I know what you mean. I think it's an interesting thought. Really. And, uh, so you did the, the play in 2006. What was it that made you... Because you were an actress originally. Yeah. And then you went to... You, you turned your hand to stand-up at that point. Was it 2006 you started stand-up? Uh, yeah. T- well, actually, t- like, the end of 2005, I was doing sort of a character. That's how right. I start- I went into it. I was working with a street theatre company for a few years. And uh, a couple of the... It was an all-female company, and a couple of the women there were doing stand-up. Um and uh, so I approached it in a very, um, they sort of inspired me to do to do it. And I, and I approached it in a very actory way. I did this character called Savannah Dior Media Hall. Oh, right, she was yeah. like a proto-wag type character. And I had yeah. this um, 
brutal. I had this. I used to. I did Jester's. Was it? What's the oh, one? Oh, not Jungle. What, no, what's yeah. the one out in Chester? The uh, oh no. Oh, Alexander's. The, Alexander's Jazz Club. Oh Fuck, yeah. I got booed off the stage there. Really? Yeah. It was like early. It was really early because I then had to end up getting booked for quite a few things because I was doing a bit of telly acting jobs. So anyone that sort of knew me from that probably got me into a few things that I wasn't really ready for, you know. So I did Alexander's mm. Jazz Club and I got stuck on the motorway. So I had to go on after the headliner. And right. I don't know who that was at the time, but I sort of got stuck in character hell because really? I started getting lot heckles lobbed at me. And, uh, but yeah, the, the, the whole thing was I'd have a book. I was promoting my book on tour and the book was called Come Inside Myself. <laughs> I like it already. <laughs> and so it would be stuff like, as George Clooney got off me and threw the condom in the bin, he said, never call me again. And I had, I remembered the other day actually, but some of those jokes that I wrote in that first phase as Savannah Deal, because it was like a protection, because I was like, if they don't, if they hate it, they don't hate me. Yeah, they, they hate, hate the, the character. character yeah. So it was like a, a way of putting a little wall up. And uh, But I had this joke as Savannah, which was about getting dressed. And she was like, when I get dressed and when I wear a skirt, right, you've got to dress by the fox rule. That is, if it's an inch away from the hair, it is safe to wear. <laughs> and I, <laughs> Stand by that joke. Yeah, it's <laughs> great. Savannah Dior was like this sort of wag character, basically. You know, so she was like a, you know, I sl- I'm a I'm a it girl, and I sleep with celebrities and footballers and. Well, Alexander's weirdly now the audience in Chester are are the people you were making fun of <laughs> mostly. It's still going. Yeah. It used to be. I don't know if it was that when you did it. This I always thought this was quite funny. It used to be. It's changed now to a normal setup. MC three acts, but it used to be that the first act. You'd all have to be there at the same time. And then the first act would... Um, the second act would go on first and go, here's the first act. And then the wow, first act right, come on. Right. And then the first act would come back on and go, here's the second act. Weird. And then they could go home. But then the second act would have to wait around to then come on and go, here's the last act. And then, and then leave. And then leave. It was so weird. So just I, get an MC. Just get an MC. an MC. It's such an important job. It was such a weird. And I was there once, and I didn't know the other acts. And they turned up, and I was chatting to the other act, and I went, "All oh, right." He said, "So how's it work?" And all oh, right, well, you've got to go on and introduce him, and then you inter- And he went, "I don't want to do that." And I was like, "Well, it's not my gig. I'm just." I went, "Well, that's just how it works." He went, "I don't. I can't bring him on." I said, "I oh, know. I think it's weird as well, but that's it." I said, "You've got to. You bring him on. He brings you on." He went, "I, d- I can't do that." And I was like, "Well, look." I was like, "This guy's such a diva." I went, "Look." I went, but if it's a problem, I'll do it. He went, yeah. He said, I'm, I'm not a comedian. I just drove my mate here. Went, oh, sorry. He <laughs> <laughs> went, this poor bloke. Uh, probably would have done better than I did still. <laughs> I had some guy at the bar. He was like, can I give you some tips? And I was like, can you leave me alone? I just want to get my money and leave. Like, that's as close as I've been to sort of crying. I was like sort of nearly in tears when I left the stage. Oh. I think I did my time. Yeah. I don't know how. I just stood up there and took abuse, basically, for, uh, you know, so... And what was so the that, drive home like? Was the that drive like, home was mm. horrific. And then I think that was when I went, I'm going to start sort of trying doing doing stand-up, just my own thing. Mm. And then I did my first straight five minutes of stand-up at Old Rope. And then I was sort of encouraged by, like, Glenn and Jason Rouse and a few of those other ones who were like, you're yeah. really funny, like, do, you know. And I just kept going, and that was it, really. Yeah. And you never looked back? I never looked back. And still acting? Uh, still acting, yeah. Still, do. i just done a film, actually, at the end of last year, so that was exciting. My first oh, cool. Hollywood film, although it was shot in Serbia, but uh, a proper American production, oh, awesome. playing in American. Do, do, so all can those we, years later. Can we ask what it is? Uh, it's yeah. called Slotherhouse, um, and it is a comedy horror film, and it should be coming out in around Halloween, I think. 
Oh, I excellent. I need to, I need to check in on that and see where it is. So, um, yeah. So it's it, it's. Um, I think I was the oldest cast member because it's set in a sorority. Oh right. And I was like, I'm like playing the house mother so I know I'm allowed to say that much but I was I mean look everyone else is in their 20s so it's like bring out the crone <laughs> tell you what happened to me though um one of the nights I came back we were filming a big party scene and I got in the shower and a sequin fell out of my vagina <laughs> and I was like this is either the most tragic or the most glamorous thing that's ever happened to me and I cannot decide which I wasn't even wearing sequins <laughs> what was going on <laughs> God, I know how you feel though. I was in Brooks Bar the other night. It was heartbreaking. <laughs> Just, uh, people like... pushing me out of the way <laughs> yeah. to get to the bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um... Shed Award winner. Shed uh, Award a... winner, mate. <laughs> yeah, I, God, I used to have a joke about that as well about uh, um, men still approach me in bars, but it is to get around me. Because <laughs> <laughs> this actually happened to me in Soho. Someone went, Excuse me, and I did a big tossy sort of hair flick and went, yeah. Yes. And he went, no, just excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to get a beer, love. <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> oh, who'd get older? All of us. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. I know, I know. Well, anyway, what... Uh <laughs> <laughs> when you are preparing for an hour, do you go and try bits out? Yeah. Uh, or do you have to do it as an hour? How do you uh, No, I... C I um, even if I have a story that I think I want to tell, I would work out how to fit that full story into the arc of the hour and yeah. maybe separate it out. Different different things sometimes come to me in different... So I work them out as routines and I try and club hammer them yeah, yeah. in clubs because then I know the laughter beats are there and I'm not leaning too heavy, heavily on rhetoric mm. or some Hector... You know, that's the one thing I don't want to see when I'm at a fringe show. I don't want to see preachy Hectoring at me oh, yeah, about yeah, being yeah. a good person. You know, like, I'll get... If your viewpoint's funny, it's done so much more yeah. than you telling me, you know, like... Yeah. And so I've... So what I try and do is I try and get the bits and I try and hammer them in. It to, and like there's full... There's routines in this. There's a bit about my mum and nonplements which I call that they're like right. compliments where she pulls the rug away at the last minute oh, yeah. and it's like a universal it's like a universal thing that mums do so but I, I broke that well, that was at the comedy store I'm doing weekends there I'm working that in yeah, to yeah. get that where I want it to be and then other things sometimes what I do is so a few years ago so I was in New York and we were on the high line so me the other half and my friend Stephen Olaf who we stay with mm. and we're walking along and there's this guy he's like a tour guide he had a group of people and uh, he was like, here we are at pier number 37. I might have got the number wrong. He's <laughs> like, this is where the Titanic was supposed to dock. Now we all know what happened there. Tragedy. <laughs> anyway, moving on. And that was literally his, like, and it yeah. was a, we were all stood around. And they look, <laughs> before they'd even went, well, that's obviously going straight in her phone. Like, yeah, I yeah, yeah, got yeah. my phone out and I typed in verbatim. <laughs> And I was like, that is the funniest thing I've ever seen. I was like, what happens when he gets the 9-11 memorial? Like, you know, like this like, kind of like tragedy moving on. I mean, I've got something like 2,000 notes in my phone of various different, you know, snippets of conversation or yeah. like, you know, I'm like a magpie for that if I hear something. So that was, and then that made it into the show. It's tough, I better let you go, but thank you so much for chatting. Uh, would you please tell us uh, the name of your show, what time it's on, and where it's, it's on? It's Sexy Brain, and it's on at 8 o'clock at the Pleasance Courtyard. And, uh, yeah, it's a slightly bigger room, so please come. It would be nice to have it full every night. Excellent. Are um, you enjoying the show? I am. I am. Good. I am really enjoying the show. I think it's my I think it's my funniest show. Look, I think all my shows have been funny and have 
you know, to try and make them funny and give them purpose. And I think this is, this year I just wanted to have as funny a show as I could. Mm. There's still a couple of, I think, quite important messages in there, but cool. I think, you know, I've really sort of hammered these routines in to get the most I can, you know, so hopefully people will come, laugh and then go, oh yeah, and also that. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully. Thanks, Tiff, so much. I do appreciate you taking Cheers. the time. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Do tune in again tomorrow. I've got another amazing guest. I'm your host, Phil Ellis. And all I want you guys to do is like and subscribe, share, add us on social media at Fringe Binge Pod. And you know what? Most of all, I want you to be happy. Yeah. Be happy. <laughs> <laughs>